Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Gallows Point was the designated location for the executions of anyone convicted of piracy in Port Royal, Jamaica. It's said to be haunted by the ghosts of many pirates who met their end there, including Calico Jack Rackham, Charles Vane, Mary Reed, among many others. This is episode number 38 of Hometown Ghost Stories, The Ghost Pirates of Gallows Point, Port Royal, Jamaica. Gallows Point Resort, 2015. Madison tossed her luggage onto the bed of her suite after checking in. The flight was dreadfully long and she was exhausted. It was a few minutes past noon and her friends were due to arrive later that evening, so she figured she could squeeze in a nap. She flopped onto the bed next to her luggage and almost immediately fell asleep. She woke abruptly to realize it was dark out. She was drenched in sweat and her heart was racing. She had had a horrible nightmare. She dreamed she was on a beach trying to find her way back to the hotel. But the beach was laden with crow-infested corpses hanging from nooses. She had tried to run but found she couldn't move faster than a crawling pace and the corpses seemed to be closing in on her. That's when she woke up. She shook off the chills from her peculiar dream and checked her phone. 11.30 p.m. and eight missed calls. She missed the dinner her friends had planned. They must be in bed by now, she thought to herself. She was still too rattled from her nightmare to go back to sleep, so she decided to go for a walk. She left her room and walked down the hall toward the exit to the beach. The night air was warm and heavy, and she couldn't see the stars. She walked for a while, listening to the waves crash over the rocks. She squinted her eyes as she approached what looked to be trees, but she didn't remember any trees being on the beach. She stopped, irrationally thinking, what if they're the hanging corpses? Her mind went back to her nightmare. Nonsense, she thought. But still, she turned around and quickly began heading back to the safety of her hotel room. She quickened the pace of her speed walk to an awkward jog as goosebumps ran down her arms. What was she so freaked out about? She stopped and laughed to herself, feeling silly about the way she was acting. She turned to face the direction she was running from. Nothing. She rolled her eyes and turned back to the hotel. Standing in front of her was the decomposing face of a hanging corpse. She screamed and fell backwards as the corpse swung side to side, the rope creaking. She tried to get up, but felt like she was moving in slow motion. I'm still dreaming, she thought. This is just a nightmare. This is just a nightmare. Right? I'm Dave Wilkins. I'm Andrew Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Port Royal, Jamaica. Jamaica was first colonized by the Spanish in 1509, 15 years after its discovery by Christopher Columbus. The Spanish came in search of silver, however settled the area and used it primarily as farmland for sugarcane. The island of Jamaica remained in Spanish control for 146 years until the English invaded in 1655. Soon after they seized control of the island, the English appointed Port Royal as the unofficial capital of Jamaica. Port Royal quickly became the largest city in the Caribbean for its time. The city's population grew to a staggering and congested 6,500, with well over 2,000 buildings. The new settlers quickly sprung up five forts, the most prominent being Fort Charles at the mouth of the harbor. Settlers also built hundreds of houses, shops, 
warehouses, inns, markets, and the most taverns in a single city on this side of the hemisphere. The city quickly became appealing for privateers and pirates due to its proximity to nearby Spanish trading routes. The buccaneers were not only welcomed, but their lifestyle was encouraged, as they would generate massive amounts of revenue for the colony. Privateers would plunder enemy shipping while using Port Royal as a safe haven and base of operations. Due to a lack of Royal Navy presence in the city, pirates and privateers were necessary for its protection and amassing its unbelievable wealth. The most prominent among these privateers was Captain Henry Morgan. Captain Morgan generated so much wealth for Port Royal by plundering Spanish cities that he quickly rose through the ranks and became Lieutenant Governor of the city in 1687. However, now that Morgan was in charge of the city, the pirates were no longer needed for the island's protection, and anti-piracy laws were appointed. Captain Henry Morgan, former privateer and pirate himself, became a feared and relentless pirate hunter. Pirates fled the city and went into hiding, and Port Royal became infamous as a place of execution. The narrow spit of land at the mouth of the harbor beneath the shadow of Fort Charles became known as Gallows Point. Accused pirates would be held in the dank cells of Fort Charles for months until the day of their trial and subsequent execution. That is, if they didn't succumb to the conditions of the prison first. A total of 41 accused pirates were executed at Gallows Point, among them Calico Jack Rackham. Charles Vane, and Mary Reed, one of the few known female pirates, who died in her prison cell before her execution. Accused pirates were hanged by the neck until dead, and their bodies were left to rot in the sun, hanging from gibbets as a warning to anyone considering a life of piracy. Charles Vane, an English pirate operating out of New Providence, was known for his overwhelming cruelty to captives. It was not uncommon for him to torture, beat, and murder sailors from ships that he captured. This was unusual behavior for pirates of his time. Despite his foul treatment of his prisoners, he was regarded as one of the most successful pirates of the Golden Age, and as one of the leaders of the Republic of Pirates. Unlike most other pirates operating out of Nassau, Vane rejected the king's pardon. This defiance led Vane to leave New Providence and unleash his vengeance upon the West Indies until Calico Jack commandeered his ship and crew. Vane was left with 15 loyal crew members and one of the smaller ships of the former fleet. Despite the circumstances, Vane continued to plunder ships in the Bay Islands until a hurricane left him shipwrecked and subsequently captured. Vane was brought to Port Royal with his remaining crew and hanged at Gallows Point. Vane's corpse was left hanging by chains as a chilling trophy of the Royal Navy. Port Royal, 1965. Sidella knew she wasn't supposed to be playing near the docks without her parents nearby, but they were busy and she figured they wouldn't notice. She liked to pluck the periwinkles off the slimy wood just beneath the waterline and drop them in, watching them shrink away into the depths until they disappear. The sun was beginning to set, and she figured she should go find her mom before she grew concerned. As she headed back down the dock towards the land, she saw a man standing at the foot of the dock, barring her pathway back. He was dressed funny, baggy pants and a torn shirt, his long, thin hair whipped against a face she couldn't quite make out in the strange light of the dusk. She stopped in her tracks, knowing she wasn't supposed to talk to strangers. The man wasn't looking at her, rather looking out to sea, panning left to right as if he were trying to locate something. Sadella decided to break the rule about talking to strangers. Excuse me, she said, but the man just kept gazing into the sea. The sun, which had been slowly setting, seemed to disappear suddenly. It was dark, but the man at the end of the dock was still clearly visible. Sadella felt cold.
She wanted her parents and knew they'd be looking for her. Excuse me, she repeated. Just then, the man looked directly at her and opened his mouth. She thought he was going to say something, but all that came out was a choking, gasping sound. Suddenly, she could see his face. It looked strained and his eyes were pure white, began bulging out of his head. Sadella panicked and jumped into the water, deciding to swim to land rather than try and cross the strange man. She scrambled to land and ran as fast as she could without looking back. As she ran through the wet sand, she heard him whispering over her shoulder into her ear. They'll all hang. They'll swing till they're dead. They'll swing. They'll swing. John Calico Jack Rackham was an English pirate operating out of New Providence in the Bahamas under the command of Charles Vane on his brigantine Ranger. Together, the crew of the Ranger plundered ships from the West Indies up the coast to modern-day New York City. After a dispute over whether or not to attack a larger ship, Calico Jack, with the support of 81 crew members, mutinied and overthrew Vane, electing Calico Jack as the new captain of the Ranger. The new crew of the Ranger returned to New Providence to accept a pardon from the King of England, the Crown's flawed attempt to end piracy in the West Indies. Rackham used the protection of this pardon to continue to plunder trade routes under the supposed protection from the law. During a stop in New Providence, Captain Rackham met a married woman by the name of Anne Bonney. Anne was married to a former pirate named James Bonney, who had left the pirate life to become an informant for the governor. He was responsible for the arrests and convictions of many of his former pirate comrades, and Anne found this detestable. When Calico Jack arrived on the island, Anne noticed him right away and abandoned her husband to join the notorious ranks of Jack Rackham. Anne fit right in with the crew, even dressing as a man and joining in on the plundering and fighting. During their travels, the crew was joined by a young, effeminate-looking sailor who Anne took a liking to. When their friendship blossomed to something more, the new crew member revealed that he was actually a she by the name of Mary Reed, a woman who was forced to pose as a man to be accepted by her fellow pirates. Together, the duo gained the reputation as some of the most vicious cutthroat pirates ever to sail the seven seas. After just two short years, Rackham was exposed and captured by a pirate hunter. When his ship was approached by the ship of Captain Barnett, Rackham's crew was too hungover to fight, leaving Rackham, Reed, and Bonnie to try and stave off the enemy. They fought valiantly, but their attempt fell short, and they were all captured and brought to Port Royal to face trial. Calico Jack was tried first, swiftly convicted, and sentenced to death. Before his execution, he asked to see Anne one last time. His wish was granted, but her last words to him were anything but comforting. If you fought like a man, you wouldn't have to hang like a dog, she said to him, before he was led to Gallows Point and hanged for his crimes and deception. As an example, the governor ordered his body to hang out in the open and rot for an entire year. Many members of his crew met the same fate. Mary Reed and Anne Bonney were tried last. They claimed they were merely victims of the pirates rather than accomplices, but their reputations preceded them and they were subsequently found guilty and sentenced to death. As a last-ditch effort, they claimed they were pregnant and therefore exempt from execution under England's law at the time, preventing pregnant women from being executed. This bought them some time, but during that time, Mary Reed died in prison from an unknown disease before she was able to give birth. The doctors tried an emergency surgery to save her unborn child, but were unsuccessful. She and her child were among the first to be buried in Port Royal Cemetery. Anne Bonney, who was just 18 at the time, was bailed out by her father, who was a prominent businessman in Jamaica, and she was scarce heard from again. Port Royal Cemetery 1994. Jacques had just punched his time clock for the night shift. It was going to be a slow night. 
No burials were planned, so his shift would likely just consist of walking the grounds, making sure everything was quiet and orderly. He walked along the rows of headstones, whistling to himself, thinking about his upcoming three-day weekend. He planned to go fishing with his son. As he approached the section of the 18th century graves, he heard something. It started softly, but as it grew louder, he recognized the unmistakable sound of somebody crying. He swung his flashlight from left to right and then trained it in the direction of the sound, but saw nothing. He was looking at the oldest graves in the cemetery. He caught something in the corner of his eye and immediately shone his flashlight in that direction. Nothing. The crying was coming from behind him now, so he quickly whirled around, expecting to see a woman, but again, there was nothing. Suddenly, there was a cold gust of wind that seemed to carry the crying voice off into the night, leaving Jacques standing in the eerie silence. He looked down at the gravestone in front of him. It read, Mary Reed, 1685 to 1721. At 11.43 a.m. on the morning of June 7th, 1692, the earth beneath Port Royal's inhabitants began to shake. The citizens were not alarmed at first due to the frequency of tremors on the island. However, the tremors quickly became more and more violent. Suddenly, the city's stone buildings and churches began to crack and collapse. St. Paul's Church came crashing to the ground, followed by a huge metallic clang of the steeple bell as it fell onto a crowd, killing twelve instantly. The loose, sandy streets were liquefied as people ran for their lives. The mountains and hills surrounding the city collapsed and slid into the sea with a deafening roar. The ground itself rose and fell like ocean waves as it swallowed entire buildings. The very shoreline itself sunk into the sea, carrying with it those who were trapped and suffocated by the sandy maw. Men, women, and children were swallowed by the rifts and fissures, never to be seen again. Three of the city's five forts collapsed into the raging tide, and after just a mere two minutes, the estimated 9.0 magnitude earthquake dragged 33 acres of the city underwater and destroyed over 90% of the city's buildings. Once the tremors subsided, over half the city's population was dead or missing. But it wasn't over. Later the very same day, a tsunami struck the city claiming hundreds more lives. Over the course of the next several months, disease claimed approximately 2,000 additional lives. All that remains after the events of 1692 were a few hundred survivors, a dilapidated but still standing Fort Charles, and a mysteriously untouched Gallows Point. What's up, folks? Welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories. This is episode number 38, I believe. Might be 39. Either way, I'm Jesse Wilkins. I am joined by Dave Wilkins and Rob Coakley. What's up, Rob? Not much. I'm just wondering why you and Dave have decided that you're not going to include the Dave Loves Bacon on the patron page for Sarah R., as she so much requested weeks ago. I don't think you included it either. Uh, I up, always do. I always do. <laughs> do you really? Yes. <laughs> what's going on, Dave? Uh, nothing much. And to be honest, I, I always forget about the Dave Loves Bacon tag. And yeah. it was, uh, you did, you coerced it out of her. But yeah, it's fine. I did no such thing. I'm, I am a respectable, 
let you do your own thing type of guy. She came up with it. I just acquiesced and I put it in. But clearly, you have a problem with um, your love of bacon. For those for those before. of you who are listening and have no idea what we're talking about right now, we have a, a tier on Patreon where you can choose to nickname us, uh, and we have to put it in the credits if you do so, unless so you're like me and forget. Your, nickname yourself, but the two nicknames that have come up just happen to be uh, about Dave. So anyways, I want to thank you guys for hanging out. This is uh, Hometown Ghost Stories, Port Royal, uh, Jamaica. And uh, that was a co-produced episode by Dave and Captain McSlugs who will be joining us in a moment. I want to welcome everyone that's hanging out in the live chat. I see you, Matt Butka, who nicely came in and said, shown, when I think you said shined. So thank you, Matt, for that uh, correction. We have Soph, we have Stephanie, we have Mariah Casher uh, is here. Uh, Stephanie, the, the usual crowd's here. Um, Velcro Fish Sticks, that's a great name. <laughs> um, anyone else I didn't... Uh, efficient. It sounds like an efficient lunch. Yeah, Catherine, Papa Squatch, how are you guys? Appreciate you guys all for hanging out. And if you want to be part of the live chat and join in in the uh, newly formed Hometown Coast Stories drinking games, this week's theme is every time the name Captain is used, uh, take a drink. So uh, you could join us as well. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in Captain McSlugs himself. Also drink. known as Andrew. Hey! <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> hey guys, he's got he's got the word in his name. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, maybe yes. we'll just try calling you Andrew, so we don't kill off our listeners. <clears throat> yes, indeed. Also, Doctor Shavers is here. What's up, buddy? Appreciate you all hanging out. So let's talk about some ghost pirates. Let's do it. So um, we touched on. So there's a lot of ghost pirate um, sightings at this particular location, and um, we chose to talk about you know the most famous. Of all those pirates, so we we covered uh, Mary Reed, um, Captain Jack Rackham, and Charles Vane primarily as the hauntings, and those are all ghosts that people claim that they've seen at various different spots on the islands. Now we've said it before, things like this. How do you really know that that's you know that skeleton ghost is the ghost of Charles Vane, or that you know how do you know that crying ghost is the ghost of you know Mary Reed? And really, we can just kind of surmise based on the stories that we get. So that's what we did. But the history behind these characters is wild. And um, I know Andrew's read extensively on it. I've read fairly extensively, probably not extensively as him. But these pirates have such a wild story. And we were just really basically barely able to touch on it with that. So, um, I mean, we could dig deeper into their stories. Um, Andrew, what about you? What what are your thoughts on these pirates? and their their well, historic impact the pirate ghosts that we were just talking about um i have to agree with you it'd be hard to really um pinpoint those to be the ghosts of these specific three pirates when we had like five thousand people die on this island within like two minutes <laughs> that's right we should talk about that so when, when yes. we're talking about these hauntings in these areas that are haunted, like Gettysburg uh, is a huge one. And basically anywhere where there's just like large amounts of, you know, collective death that happens typically at like in a short amount of time, you get these like crazy haunted areas. Uh, Gettysburg, one of the reasons is because um, they have all this uh, natural stone that absorbs energy, energy naturally. That's the theory there. And if you take a place like um, Port Royal, it's surrounded by water, which also is said to retain energy. So when you have these large amounts of death in an area that retains energy, sometimes you, you have typically more residual hauntings. And I think that's the at least the similarity between these two. Um, not that we're talking about Gettysburg, but uh, that was just an example. But I mean, it's a, got, it's a good example because there's there's so many that could be there. And we did talk about it during the Gettysburg episode where it's like, well, they smell cigar smoke. So they think it's this general. It's like, well, yeah, generally they probably all smoke cigars, but um <laughs> So it's it's a little tough to come up with the characteristics to figure out which one is which, but uh, you, well, you do see the similarities between the two. The, the, my question would be, and there's probably no actual answer to this, but if people are saying that they see the ghost of Charles Vane and Calico Jack, et cetera, et cetera, were the ghost haunting started around the time where people that they knew still lived on the island? I mean, we have to assume that like some people knew them if they were haunting at that point in time. And were those stories passed down starting then and they're like, you know, and it's word of mouth and 
that these people did know these spirits or these right. people before they were spirits. And it's probably tough to tell now because it's been so long. So this isn't one of the hauntings and what we like to call primetime haunting, which was early 1900s. This is a long time ago. What year are we talking about here, boys? Between 1690 and 1720. Yeah. So, really? Right. Um, yeah, I think I think Charles Vane was seventeen twenty one. Was seventeen twenty one? Yeah, that was when they. So they were all executed around the same time. Charles Vane, um, it, Jack Rackham, and Mary Reed were all sentenced or, like the same year. I don't think that's true. I think that uh, Jack Rackham was seventeen eighteen. Right? Wasn't that when seventeen eighteen seventeen nineteen? <laughs> and what happened to Charles Vane is when he got into he he got shipwrecked. And he was on like this island that was uninhabited. And then a ship came for like supplies or something. And he tried to sneak on the ship and he was like trying to work on the ship under an alias, but someone on the ship actually recognized him. And they were like, no, we, I know you, I motherfucker, I know who you are. You're Charles Vane. And he got arrested like immediately. And um, they brought him to the jail cells, and he actually sat in jail for two years, I believe, before he was declared a pirate and guilty of piracy and then executed. And from all the accounts that I read, he actually died like a coward, which is not the way he is presented in most media. I think you're confused. Is it Charles Vane? You could be confusing him and uh, Steve Bonnet because Steve Bonnet died like an epic coward. (laughs) <laughs> and he was the one who was buddies with Blackbeard, but he his his um his execution got prolonged, dragged out for so long because he kept appealing it because he was not. I mean, you're not well, a coward for appealing your execution, but right, in the fashion right. that he did it, he was like you know begging and you know he uh, cried so much that people felt bad for him. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, I do know that Calico Jack and um, Charles Vane were held at the same prison at the same time when they were awaiting their trials. So I had assumed yeah. I don't have the dates in front of me. I accidentally deleted okay. my script. I got it. Calico Jack was executed on November eighteenth, seventeen twenty, and then uh, Charles Vane was seventeen twenty one. I'm not sure the exact date. March twenty ninth, seventeen twenty one. Gotcha. Yeah. And then Mary Reed died while she was waiting to be executed. But um, the Mary so, Reed, yeah, go ahead. D- just to go off of those three, I wanted to talk about Anne Bonnie and how, like, she. First of all, if your name is Bonnie, you're just immediately a badass all of a sudden. Like, so, there's yeah. William H. Bonnie, who's Billy the Kid. There's Bonnie and Clyde, and then there's Anne Bonnie. Like, you're just a badass. Like. If throughout history, if that's your name, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good connection you made there. But uh, so her, she was Anne Cormac uh, by birth, and she was the daughter of a rich lawyer and his mistress. And she was uh, just a problem child from the get go. She was always getting into fist fights. She liked to dress up as a boy, do boy things with the other boys. Uh, there was a one situation where she fought off a would be rapist with a knife, and um, she didn't kill him, but he never messed with her again. And um, she basically just grew a reputation for being tough early on. She got mixed up in a tough crowd. And that's when she met James Bonney, who was a pirate. And she started hanging out with him. And her father was like, I don't approve of this, which caused her to uh, rebel even further and marry the guy. And then they went off pirating for a while until he turned um, into an informant, which she was like, I don't like that. And that's when um, Calico Jack happened to you know, come onto the island. And she was like, I like this guy. So I'm going to join his crew. She joined his crew. And basically she was his mistress and they sailed doing pirate things. And she got along. Everyone knew the thing with the difference between Anne Bonnie and um, Mary Reed was everybody knew Anne Bonnie was uh, a female pirate. And she was the one who gained that big reputation for being the female pirate. Um, she ended up getting pregnant and um, Calico Jack, who was from Cuba, was like, nah, 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 nah. And they dropped the baby off at Cuba with his family and then left the baby there. And his family just raised it. But she was apparently fine with that. Um, just to touch on Soph's comment real quick. She asked, uh, can we clarify that Anne was actually pregnant and not lying? She was. So when she got, uh, when she was up for execution, they tried to save the baby and they were unable to. No, that's Mary Reed. So Mary Reed was oh. the one who, who, was, who um, died in prison and they couldn't save the baby and Bonnie. There's no record of whether or not she ever had the baby. Cause her father got her out of prison before there the was record of her actually being pregnant though. They were assessed by the doctor. Both of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess otherwise they would have executed her. Right. Yeah. So 
So, so there's, there's really not a lot of um, history on what happened to her after her father got her out. People, some people say that she went back to a life of piracy. Um, not likely. Um, other people say that she went back and got back together with her husband. But uh, I don't think that if her father spent all this effort getting her out of jail, he would just let her go off with the same guy that he hated in the first place. Uh, most likely he, her father ended up moving to South Carolina and she was probably with him. She probably ended up getting married there and never heard from him again. I That's did, my guess. I did find it interesting also that for Anne Bonnie, when she met Calico Jack, that the husband found out of the affair. And I guess in, during those times, a common thing to do was Calico Jack went to the husband and offered to pay him to divorce her, but he said no. So like, that's a, that's a weird wrinkle well, in time thing. Well, cause he wanted the, he wanted that um, in with the rich father. He didn't want to, you know, punch that ticket, you know? Right. But I'm just saying like the fact that you, but it wasn't uncommon for that to happen. It's like, you know, yeah, they treated women like property, which is why I think most of these young girls at the time were like, I would rather be a boy. No, thanks. They, I guess like the girls dressing up as boys is pretty common back then because it just sucks to be a girl because, you know, boys got to do all the fun stuff and girls had to be girls, which so was fun back then. Before <laughs> we move away from the female pirates, one oh, thing that I, from them. well, I want to say this, so I'm going to say it now. <laughs> I'm like, get this off my chest because it's about chest. And uh, I guess what female pirates, I read this. I don't know how true it is or how often it happened. But like you said, with Anne Reed, she dressed up like a man and people didn't even know. And this was a thing that female pirates did. And I read during paddles, there were certain female pirates that after, after they like stabbed a man and he lay dying, they would expose their chest yeah. to let them know that they were just killed by a female pirate. Yep. Yep. I also read that. That's a good one. So, uh, Anne Bonnie, no doubt was a badass. Um, I don't think she was as brutal as Mary Reed was. I think that Mary Reed was the legitimate ruthless pirate out of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I mean, I can tell you my reasons after, but so Mary Reed, uh, was older than Anne Bonnie. She, so around the same time, Calico Jack was serving as second in command under Charles Vane. Mary Reed was posing as a man so that she could work as a sailor on a merchant ship. So her background is her mother, who was also confusingly enough named Mary Reed. She had had a son who died while he was in infancy and it was happened while her husband was away at sea. So um, since he died, she had, she had to rely on her mother-in-law. So his mother um, who has, who was wealthy um, and she, so the problem became, she was like the mother-in-law didn't know the baby died. Um, so she was, she, and she was pregnant again. So I'm, I'm confusing the story up. So you're confusing the fuck out of me right now. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So Mary Reed's mother had a baby, baby died. Mary Reed's mother had to rely on her mother-in-law now. Is this a riddle? Yes. So the problem is, is she got pregnant again with someone else's child. And she was like, oh, the mother-in-law is never going to accept this. So she passed the new baby off as the old baby but the old baby was a boy and the new baby was Mary Reed. So really this, I mean, this is <laughs> good job, Dave. <laughs> we all Andrew, followed right along with that one. He is actually explaining it as simply as possible. <laughs> Simpo- that's impossible. <laughs> so she didn't want the mother-in-law to know the son died. So she replaced the son with her new baby who was Mary Reed and dressed her as a boy. So Mary Reed grew up as a boy until she was about 12 when the mother-in-law died and then it, then the mother and then this is so confusing because they're both named Mary no, 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 no. you actually did much better that yes time. that was fourth mary, <laughs> mary reed's senior inherited the in-laws estate and then she was like all right mary jr you're not really a girl you're a boy and mary reed jr was like mm, no i'm gonna stay a boy sorry this because this is too much fun all right new drinking game real quick before you continue this. we've changed it now uh, the new one is mary Everybody pour Bloody Marys. <laughs> it's a new drink. The answer um, is you can't bury the survivors, right? That's where we're going with this. The answer is, That's the yeah. answer to yep. this. Yep. The horse's name was tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mary long, long story short, Mary Reed was, was raised a, ma- a boy and then she kept it going and she joined a merchant ship, ship as a sailor to make money. So okay. the merchant ship gets taken over by a pirate ship and the pirates are like, 
who speaks English? And Mary was the only one. They were like, you, you're a pirate now. Get on the boat. And they took her away. So now a few years pass by and Calico Jack's ship comes up. You know, Calico Jack has now since dispatched Charles Vane. And uh, they take over the Mary Reed's pirate ship. And Mary Reed joins Calico Jack's crew as a boy. And that's when Anne Bonnie notices her. And she's like, hey, you're a cute boy. I like you. And then she's like, hmm. Not a boy, I'm a girl. And and Bonnie was like, don't care. So uh, they ended up with the. Uh, they ended up. I've seen this movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> Rob's into and, some interesting movies. That's right. So um, <laughs> the problem now was that since Anne Bonnie was Calico Jack's mit- mistress, people started talking about this new possible romance between the new pirate and the captain's mistress. So uh, Calico Jack finds out and he's like, I'm going to cut his throat. So Aunt Bonnie's like, no, 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 shh, she's a woman, don't worry. And he's like, all right, I can work with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so meanwhile, every pirate in the world at this point is like, women are bad luck on ships. And you know, meanwhile, Calico Jack's over there playing 4D chess. <laughs> he's like, not nah, ain't so bad, I promise. <laughs> so um, Rackham's rec- reputation at this point grew enormous for having women pirates on the ship. Everyone was, everyone was talking about it because it was so unheard of back then. And um, they were just, they would, you know, plunder and they would fight and they would, you know, they got into these, you know, they, they, they grew these huge reputations. And one of the bigger stories that made Mary Reed such a popular pirate at the time was um, they ended up with another new pirate who was an unwilling pirate that they forced into piracy. You know, you got to wonder if that was like a Shanghai situation like we talked about in the Savannah, Georgia episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he ended up on the boat, but... Um, Mary liked him. She's like, oh, I like this new guy. He's kind of cool. And they started hanging out, got into kind of a romantic situation. And um, the new pirate boyfriend ended up getting into a fight with another one of the pirates, more seasoned pirates. And he challenged him to a duel and he accepted. So now Mary's nervous because this new pirate, he's a young kid. He's not like seasoned. He's just a young sailor. And she's like, he's going to get killed by this guy. So once they reached land, um, the plan was they were going to duel. So once they got there, Mary jumped off the boat first and confronted the other pirate and started basically like hazing him and making fun of him and just kind of antagonizing him to the point where he's like, all right, I'll duel you. And they dueled and she actually killed the guy with sword and pistol. And that was the the one story that was like, holy, you know, wow, she's legit. Cause this guy was a serious fighter, was like a legendary pirate. And, and uh, Mary Reed took him down and she did it to save her boyfriend, which is I think a really cool story. Unless you're the boyfriend, <laughs> I guess. Well, his options weren't good. It was either it was either get killed in the duel, back out of the duel, which would at that time probably be worse off than yeah. actually losing the duel, or you know. And she did it in a, it where he wouldn't. He wasn't. It was like not a shameful way. She started a fight and he challenged her to a duel and she killed him. Nobody else knew. And I was like, no, oh, well, this guy's off the hook. But he didn't get bailed out because they didn't. Nobody knew they were in a relationship together. Right. Was, well, I mean, it just shows how much of a badass she was that she got yeah. there and beat a seasoned pirate in a fight. So exactly, that chick could fight. It's pretty good. So I, uh, so I want She s- was a badass because before we pull off them, I just want to talk about why I think that Mary Reed was a legit badass and Bonnie probably also, but I don't think as much. So like Anne was tough. Nobody was going to deny that. No one was going to, but no one was going to mess with the captain's mistress. You know, on the right. ship at least. So you know, take it for what it's worth. She did have a, a pretty um, vicious reputation, but I mean you know, to the point where versus Mary Reed was actually posing as a, a man pirate. And there were altercations on ships where if she lived in that pirate life, as long as she did, she would have had to have been in numerous hand-to-hand combat situations. And she had to, would have had to have won or she would be dead. Um, an effeminate looking pirate is going to have to fight off advances from other pirates, you know, who are at sea and homosexual relationships were not uncommon. So people would obviously go for the pirate that looks like a chick and she would have to protect her identity, so she would have to be winning these fights. And you have to figure it happened so frequently. So this woman was tough as nails. Um, and another variable is typically when two pirate ships would fight, uh, all of the really big, strong pirates were not up on the top deck fighting. They were down on the bottom bailing and working the pumps. Mm-hmm. And all the smaller pirates were up top fighting. So um, I think that's why you get a lot of... Um, I think you get they get off the hook a little bit there. So if we were on a pirate ship, this entire crew would be on the top deck fighting. Yeah. 
Especially getting our ass kicked by Dave's girls. first one in the battle. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted just real quick, I wanna uh congratulate you guys. We're doing an episode on Jamaica and we haven't had a single person try to speak in a Jamaican accent. Uh I actually drew up contracts for us, but when I was trying to draw them up, it froze my computer. So there's a small thumbnail. <laughs> that was the that was the contract. I had one that said I will not speak in a Jamaican accent with a little signature thing. I had another one that also said I will not speak in a pirate accent with a signature thing. And then just in case for when Rob inevitably calls me out, I had a third one that says I will not say Jesse spoils all the fun. So I just want to say we're 48 minutes into the episode and nobody. Can you, can you make one that says I will spell Jamaican right next time? Oh, yeah, I thought I got it right. Spell it wrong then. again. Jam- nope. That says jam- can. <laughs> I will speak in a jammy can accent. The you always find a way to get past the contracts. Ah, man. All right. Yes, it froze Andy. before I could spell check. Oh, right. is that that's where I'm going with? That's definitely the story. And Stephanie, yes, you did see Gotham wander by me. That is my dog. And yes, that's also the fourth time I've spelled Jamaica wrong. I don't know how to spell Jamaica. I tried I, on the thumbnail. I spelled it wrong. <laughs> when I sent over the audio, I called it Bermuda, and I called it the Bahamas. I couldn't get anything right with this episode. But so I want to correct something that I said earlier. I thought about it afterwards, and um, Charles Vane didn't get executed as a coward. The reason Calico Jack took over the ship was because he was a coward uh, that he was sort of well they called him a coward they wanted to f- go after a ship that he said no to because he knew which fights to pick right? right so when he decided not to the rest of the crew was like no we want to go after that ship and he was like no you idiots we can't take that ship and that's when they voted him off and uh, Calico Jack declared him a coward that's right. realistically, what Calico Jack probably also knew they were they wouldn't win that fight. They were on a brigantine and they were going up against a French man of war, which if you don't know, that's about twice the size of a brigantine and at least three times the guns. So he's probably like, mm, yeah, I'm going to he's probably like, I see this as my chance to start a mutiny. And can you can you break those ships down for us in MMA weight classes? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, you probably got a cruiserweight and a brigantine, and you probably got a heavyweight in the Man of War. Yeah. You have a heavy, you have a heavyweight carrying another heavyweight on his back at the Man of War. Yeah, pretty much, exactly. <laughs> yeah, basically. But at that, at that point, they hadn't plundered any ships in like a few weeks, so the whole crew was was just itching. And they finally saw one. They're like, "Let's get it!" And um, but you're right. I think it was an opportunistic moment, and that's why they had the mutiny right there. You had a few of those. I mean, this was uh, this is what made part of what made great captains great at this time was they knew which ones to plunder and which ones not to. And you saw that a lot with uh, Sam Bellamy and his crew, but his crew respected him enough because he was such a good sailor um, that when he did turn down a ship, they're like, oh, that sucks. And they would move on to the next one. So um, it's probably why he but, lasted as long as he did. I want to I want to get into more of the gallows talk, but before we do that, did you guys look up any of the torture methods that pirates used for um, cap people they captured or like crew members that didn't do what they were supposed to, and how freaking brutal some of that was? Yep. Yeah. Everyone knows about keel hauling. I mean, maybe not. Obviously, we probably talk about keel hauling. I don't know how graphic you guys want to get. Keel hauling is the one I was specifically thinking of, um, which is just one of the most bonkers thing I've I've ever heard of. It's one of uh, those things that are like, how do you even get there? Like, who came up with this idea? It sounds awful, but it's so like creative, complicated, and yeah, creative. <laughs> it's, There's a lot of creative ones that they did. I guess when you're out on sea and you're um, not able to land forever it's just you, know, you just sit there and you think of and you're on a boat with someone you hate for two years <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know all you have nothing to do except think of the most horrible way that you can kill somebody <laughs> is that the one where they, they tie you to like the front of the ship and you're just kind of at the bottom dragging along sort of not really so no, they, i mean it's, it's much, much that's worse possibly like one way they used to do it that's probably like a first draft of the way they do it <laughs> um I know they, so they rigged you up and Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I think you probably more, you've definitely read a lot more about this stuff than I have, but they basically rig you up on the side of the boat. I had a picture of it in, in the um, original thing with the two guys hanging on the side of the boat like this. And uh, they basically rig you up 
and they pull you up over the deck and then you go back down over the other side and you get dragged along the bottom of the hull against up, up against all the barnacles on the bottom of the ship and they just keep going in and out. So you're getting basically waterboarded and getting your skin just grafted off your body with these barnacles. Barnacles, yeah. And they would make sure you came out in time so that you didn't lose consciousness so that you felt every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Which That's is creative. You gotta, you gotta give an A for creativity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And cheese grater, salt water. Ugh. Oh yeah, the salt water aspect too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. Oh I man, would, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. brutal. It's just like the most like if you knew that was coming, you would I would just jump overboard. Shoot me. Like whatever. Yeah, like shoot leave me, me right. leave me in the water. I'm not letting you do this to me. Yeah. I, I it's just it's I'm sure they grab you while you're sleeping or something. I mean they're not gonna probably. have the opportunity to That's fair. get out of that. I they didn't engineer this great torture method to just let you escape, you know? I would I would do anything to not let that happen to me though. That is just so brutal. Um, yeah, they were, they were bad men and they were hired to do this legally. And then, you know, when you hire somebody to do something legally and then you take it back, they're going to be like, uh, no, screw off. We're going to keep doing this because we're making a lot of money doing this. So it's just significantly more than regular sailors. I mean, you go back to the conditions that sailors had to work on. And we talked about this in, uh, I think it was the Savannah episode, but they were getting paid absolutely nothing. Like a lot of times they would just get an IOU when they get back to shore. Mm-hmm. They're eating rotten food, drinking water that turns green after a couple of weeks. Like the, the conditions on these ships for the Royal Navy and, and sailors was absolutely God awful. It was just the, the most shit job that you could get and they had a hard time finding work. So they were pulling drunk people off the streets. And uh, we talked about um, what was the, what was the term when they were, they had the trap door and they were, I think that was actually for pirate ships, but when they were, I know what you're describing. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Rob, you should know from the pirate. No, it's, um, Savannah. Say it again. Oh, uh, Shanghai. Shanghai. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that was, Singapore. that was a little different, but <laughs> Yeah, they I'm, were just. I'm going to be them. honest. I didn't listen to a word you said. I was looking I up a tell. ghost story. So I was, I was <laughs> waiting for you to like help me out there. I'm like, Rob isn't listening. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, because I, mean, I would have said it because I said it five seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they would have to like close their eyes when they were eating because all the bread was full of maggots and everything just sounded absolutely awful. They're all jammed together. No one's bathed. Obviously, it's just they. They said that the stench was probably the worst part of trying mm. to be on that ship. And, you know, if you were sailing in cold waters, everyone was getting soaking wet clothes and they had no chance to dry them off or change or anything like that. So they're getting hypothermia. And then if they're in the Caribbean, then they're all getting the most brutal sunburns of all time. So it's just beating on them because they're all shirtless on the top deck. And uh, this literally sounds like nothing. This literally sounds like us going to Las Vegas. It's just a trip. (laughs) Yeah. Hypothermia. Yep. Our shirts are off. We're we're, maggots in the food. We're we've got maggots. We're drowning somewhere, usually on a street. Yeah, that's that's a trip to Las Vegas for me and Jesse. I don't know if I've been to those Las Vegas trips, but that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the sun is in the middle of the street. It's literally the same thing. The sun is different out there. I don't sunburn easily, as people that are watching the stream knows. I have a glorious tan, and uh, but uh, Las Vegas will do that to me. Las Vegas and Mexico; those are the only two places I've ever sunburned. I don't, burn, I don't burn either, which is a lot of fun. I don't believe you. I really don't. I've, I'm mostly Italian, sir. It, you have fair Irish skin. You can't lie to everybody. I do not have fair Irish skin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mariah is in Vegas. How do you do with the sunburns out there? This has taken an unexciting turn. Let's get back to pirates. It's <laughs> not a very nice thing to say to Mariah. There's Treasure <laughs> Island in Las Vegas with pirates. Oh, yeah. That's true. They do like a big pirate show out there. Yeah. So there must have been so many pirates in Las Vegas. There was. It but was. do they have pirate ghosts that we still have yet to mention? That's true. <laughs> true. So fifty six minutes in, we haven't talked about ghosts yet. There are several <laughs> several uh, uh, well, we started off with ghosts. We did um, a little bit. We did a jump scare. We did that was the first. Scare. What did you guys so in the chat, what did you think of the jump scare? Because I honestly I hadn't pre-watched this episode. So I did not know it was coming, and it uh, took me by surprise. You've set the bar too high because now I feel like 
we could add more jump scares if people liked it. We did get positive. I don't comments. think so. I don't think we want to get too, we don't want to get too crazy with the jump scares. They're fun, but you don't do start doing too many of them, and then you're you know it's about being a bad James Wan movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was surprised that you didn't use the one from the end of um, Sinister. You know, the one at the very end that you hated so much. Oh, yeah. We all hated yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Just I, would have, I would have stopped the episode. <laughs> I would have shut it off. I would not allowed us to continue. I would have canceled the show. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe we'll pepper some more, more jump scares in there. Maybe we won't. I'm not going to tell you because then you won't be scared. But um, so there are a couple of different uh, haunted locations on this island. So there's the Port Royal Cemetery is the, is the big one. There's a, a lot of... A lot of haunted um, stories that come out of this particular location, uh, and a lot of them involve, you hear the crying woman, people see um, figures walking, Blackbeard's been spotted there. Blackbeard's spotted on this island all the time, and I don't think he's ever been there. <laughs> so that, <laughs> if he has, it was like very briefly. So everyone sees Blackbeard. Peter, can, we, can, we get a, can we get a zoomed-in reaction to to your reaction to that one more time. Thank you. <laughs> right, that's, that's what he thinks about Blackbeard's ghost. So what oh, you, Blackbeard there. <laughs> what I will say about the people who mistakenly see black. I mean, maybe they do see it. Maybe, maybe he made it over there after his death, you know, uh, posthumously, but never made it there during his real life. But we don't, we don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. Maybe Blackbeard makes the rules. Maybe he's like the king of the ghosts. Who knows? But um, what I, I do know, that's definitely not in the rule book. Were you saying something, Andrew? It was so by the time that uh, Blackbeard was doing Blackbeard things was about uh, seventeen sixteen to seventeen. I think he died in seventeen nineteen. He was one of the first to die, actually. Um, ever. He was in one the of the history? first people to die ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, started the trend. It was it was Jesus <laughs> and then Blackbeard. <laughs> That's history for you. Yep. And Anyways, then the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> then the dinosaurs. Uh, by the time Blackbeard was doing Blackbeard things and pirating and, and actually traveling, um, it would have been after the earthquake of Port Royal. And after the earthquake of Port Royal, it was a place he went pretty much just to die. There was a because the gallows was still there, or? Fort Charles and Gallows Point, and the nearest town nearby was um, uh, Kingston, which was across a bay, and that's where people typically went. Port Royal became just kind of a, a peninsula with a fort. You know way so, more about Jamaica than I do. I bet you even know how to spell it, don't you? <laughs> I can make an educated guess. <laughs> Soph asked if I spelled post, or if I pronounced posthumously correctly, and I don't know if I did, but I pronounced it posthumously. So if I'm wrong, and you, you say it with so I much will, confidence that I, I will stand you. corrected. I don't think I'm wrong, but I've I've been wrong in the past. Not typically about my pronunciations, though. You know, doing the show, I have learned that there are certain words that I just cannot say. Like, I will write a script and then I go to do the voiceover, and then I will substitute out the word. I, I substitute out the word. I'll try to say the sentence like twenty times. I'm like, nope, can't say that word. I, I'm gonna break out my thesaurus. My thesaurus. My thesaurus. <laughs> Need another word for that one too. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. That was a joke. That was like, um, yeah, you gave me the word chortled. To say I in did. one of the I opening like, stories, I was disappointed I, that you didn't use it. I refused to say it. There's, I was like, I can't say this and make it sound serious. I, I you can't seriously say chortled. That'll make yeah, me chortle. <laughs> you should have seen me here the other night, like trying to record the word gasped, and now I now it's <laughs> in my head. Right. Now it's in my head. So now I can't say it. So I'm just sitting here like an idiot. So I was like, gasped, 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 uh, and and it took me 20 minutes. I'm like, nope, writing a different word. That is what happened to me. And oh, Rob um, just turned that one syllable word into a compound word. Gasp. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I was like, how do I say this? And uh, yeah. So doing hometown ghost stories has um, really opens my eyes to words that I am not allowed to pronounce anymore. Catherine says you could just Google synonyms. <laughs> nice. Synonyms. <laughs> Let's get back to ghosts. So, uh, what is Port Royal today? So, it's, so obviously, an earthquake it sank. Did they fix it back up? Is it a place they tried? Visit? Um, it was tried to people tried to rebuild it to the glory that it was before, but there also just wasn't that much land left. Like the thirty-three acres of it sunk into the sea, so um, it couldn't be as good as it was before. And by that time, Kings, Kingston across the bay was starting to get built. So that's what um, kind of got the focus there. 
and Port Royal was rebuilt a little bit. There were some buildings made around the fort, but it was mostly just dominated by Fort Charles, which survived the earthquake. Okay. Which, how, how much? Yeah, I'm looking I, at I, now. I, there are two restaurants. Oh, three restaurants. There you go. There's also Ye Old Parade Sports Bar. Nice. There's a hotel. So th- there's some Port Royal now. But there are some things. So there was much more Port Royal before. I'm looking at. I'll show you. Guys there were 33 was, yeah, acres so more. The, the how insane is it to have a city get just ravaged by an earthquake and then get hit with a tidal wave in the same day? Like that is insane. There must be yeah, some good scuba diving over there, right? Oh, Sunken Pirate City. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Awesome. There you go. That's the one. Yeah, I included a bunch of, what are the reviews? of that in the uh, <laughs> reviews, on, the reviews. <laughs> on the Sunken Pirate City. Yeah. This. Oh, there we go. Oh, there's this guy. <laughs> yeah, Catherine says 33 acres is massive. It is absolutely massive. Yes. Yeah, according to you in the Savannah episode, it takes you like 14 days to walk 33 acres or something like well, that. Well, first of all, that cemetery was a lot bigger than 33 acres. And I said, you probably couldn't walk from one end to the other in a day. We mm-hmm. should have used this image for the uh, thumbnail. That sunken statue. Cool. Super cool. cool. Yeah, for those yeah, of you um, audio, it's probably not, probably not too late to switch up the thumbnail if you want, if you really wanted to. That's true. That's true. We're going through uh, some of the images of the sunken city. In the bay, that's uh, actually pretty cool. I'm going to look more into that for sure. Um, do we know how many people were hung on the gallows there? Or do we have any like indication at 41. all? 41. There's 41. Yeah. And a lot of those were Jack Calico Jack's crew and the remainder of Blackbeard's crew from after he lost that battle to Captain Maynard. They took mm-hmm. the rest of his crew down to Gallows Point and hanged them there, which there were eight of them. So you had... Why did they bring them there, though? What was because that was the spot. I mean, they had. A, I mean, they were. I think they were in between, like Charleston. I, I could be wrong on this location, but they were like right in between somewhere. And I think that um, the bounty was from Port Royal, okay. so that's why they brought him back there. I believe I could be that wrong about that. But I think I'm not. So um, you could have the ghosts of those guys there. So, like I was saying earlier, I, I started talking about. You know Blackbeard's ghost, who is the most common ghost, common ghost who spotted on this island, um, but it could have been members of his crew. His crew, if his maybe if his crew was executed there, that's why his ghost is there. He, you know, maybe he his spirit wanted to be with his crew. It could also um, just be ghosts whom, if if someone sees like a full bodied apparition of a pirate and he happens to have a black beard, they might say, "Hey, I saw a black beard." But it could just be one of the many other pirates that died there that looks like him. Yeah, but I mean, if, if the if the legend is that this ghost haunts this island, then you know, take it for what's worth. There's a there. reason. I'll, I'll you know come up with reasons well, to possibly why. If his crew, if his crew died there, he might just be searching for his crew as well. That we've heard stories of that before. Yep, true. Could you be know, like he doesn't know he's dead. In Plymouth, the um, captain of the boat that that sank and his, like his entire crew died, and he didn't die. The the tale is that he is roaming, you know, around the graveyard searching for his crew that he lost. So well, he, did, why, he did eventually die. You don't know that. <laughs> so he's, his ghost is haunting without dying. Yeah. Back to that conversation. <clears throat> That's cool. That's cool. I want to see this. I want to, I want to go to the city. So a, a lot of the images that I'm still looking at, uh, these built, they still have some of like the crooked buildings from the earthquake. So if I were to make my way to Jamaica, I would, uh, just more so out of my love for pirates, not even the fact that it's haunted. Uh, I would love to go see this. And um, that's, that's a, if you're like a scuba diver, which I'm not, uh, is there any better place to go scuba dive than the sunken pirate city? Like that sounds absolutely amazing. I can think of one place that you would want to go more so than that. Las Vegas. You want to me cry and scuba dive at the same time. I do. There's a lot of really good, a lot of really good scuba diving in Las Vegas, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But for those who don't listen to the Curse Possession episodes, um, Jesse would love to go scuba dive and see the Titanic. I'd have to. You'd have to. I'd have to find some waterproof. uh, I'd find some waterproof headphones so I could listen to the the theme song from the Titanic while I do it. But I I would just pull up next to you and just start screaming it through my snorkel to you. Rob snorkels down the Titanic. (laughs) The longest snorkel I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I think uh, I think it's not going to get better than that. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about on the? uh, Did you 
Did you guys look up any like other pirate ghost stories that weren't fully connected with the island at all? No, but I I mean I got a, a quick ghost story. I mean it's not really a story, it's just a ghost ghost site, a, a popular haunted location on the island that doesn't really have any ties to the pirates, which is the Rose Hall. It was mm. the home of Annie Palmer, who used to be a devious mistress. She had killed three different husband husbands. She practiced voodoo. She poisoned her slaves. Uh, and the the Rose Hall, which has been renovated late, uh, recently, is now open to tourists. And visitors have reported hearing spirit children crying, spirit children crying, a ghost riding a black horse, and bloodstains suddenly appearing on the floor. Which all of those sound like pretty epic hauntings. Yeah, yeah she sounds scary. like a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like, up- so your slaves didn't have it bad enough. You got to poison them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I looked up the, I think it's the Yellow Sail Ghost Ship. Does that sound familiar to any of you? No. I looked it up really quick. Um, basically, the the gist of it is there was this, this pirate ship that had yellow sails. And I can't remember the name of the ship or if they even named it, but it would try to go port to port and nobody would let them port. So they eventually just kept um, sailing and sailing and going through their resources. And eventually they went mad enough that they all killed each other on the ship and the ship stayed afloat, um, never to be seen again. And what people think is it was either a real ship or it was a tale because what ships used to do is put up yellow sails. If they were in quarantine, they had like a disease on the ship so that, when they were coming to port, people knew to stay away from them. So they thought it might be a um, sort of like just a, a legend to let people know of that situation. So you said the ship was never seen again? Correct. Then how do we know about the story? Well, because they knew that they, I don't know, dude, I'm not, I didn't write the story. What do you want from never seen from again? <laughs> That's why I just said it was probably a legend that people put because they wanted them to know about the um, the. Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah. So anyway. I'm just gonna say if I was on if I was on a deck and like I worked on the deck or the dock or whatever, and I saw the ship with yellow sails coming in the quarantine ship, I'd just stand out there with a pole and keep poking it back out. Just say, <laughs> no, no, six no, no. feet. Six <laughs> feet. Somewhere else. Just, just with my snorkel. Just yeah, with, with Rob Titanic snorkel. Just a thousand there. feet long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Well, that's cool. No, I had, I had a hard time finding other ghost stories out here, so Pirate Ghost will serve us well enough for that one, for sure. All right, what do you, you want to tell us about next week, Jesse? Uh, next week, we are actually dropping the Oliver House episode. So I know we had uh, alluded to this episode being that, uh, but we wanted to take some more time to go over the footage because we have a lot of footage from the live investigation. So when we have the opportunity to actually visit one of these locations and get footage and do an actual investigation in the house, uh, we don't want to rush it. So we're going to take some more time, go through the footage. I've got most of it done. Um, so we'll, it, it we'll, takes we'll definitely a have it while to go through it because it's not just watching you know, one thing we're watching, we're listening, we're playing it back 15 times to try mm-hmm. to make sure we get the actual, you know, best, best quality, best evidence that we can show you for stuff that we actually captured. Of course. Yeah. So we'll dive more into it and the details and everything next week, but uh, that is Middleborough, Massachusetts, not quite inside the Bridgewater Triangle, although we'll, we'll go over the specific the specifics of it, but from every from every account that I've seen, it's sitting just outside the Bridgewater Triangle. Just, so. just, just hanging out like by that by at least you know two acres that Dave could easily walk. Oh, it's down no to problem. two acres yeah. now. It's it's one it's one Rob snorkel away from the Bridgewater <laughs> Triangle. So. <laughs> There's no walking that. Yeah. Um, we do have one five star review this week to read. All right. And it is from KT Jizzle. Um, it's called Ghost Stories Without the Boar and Gore. I have always been intrigued by ghost stories, but also very scared by them. This podcast has put the perfect blend of spooky and interesting without making me scared of the dark. Did you see that jump scare? Did we get you? I hope so. That's why. That's why I made the jump scare. (laughs) (laughs) I listen every day as I'm grooming dogs and they seem to like it. Winky face. I'm pretty sad that I'm almost caught up and we'll have to wait to listen. She also sent us an email saying that um, 
she saw that most of the people came from the Jericho podcast and that we are the reason that she went and listened to Chris's podcast instead, which was very cool to hear. You're welcome, Chris Jericho. How the turntables, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. No, that was a great review and a great email. So thank you, Katie. Yes. Appreciate that. I want to thank our patrons. Uh, we have Mike B, Brandon W, Sarah W, Soph Hooper, Jake V, Stephanie A, Seth Dave Sucks W, Captain McSlugs, Sarah Ryan, and one of those was Dave Loves the Bacon. I, I, which, which, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Ryan. Sarah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after we do the investigation episode, I am doing what I always do, and I'm looking at three different cases right now of stuff that I want to cover, and there's one in Australia that I'm really intrigued by. So we might be going to Australia in two weeks, but don't hold me to that because I haven't completely decided yet. You mean we're covering Australia in two weeks, right? You don't have some international trip planned for us? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> I said to make sure my passport was up to date. All right, very good. Um, and then this Friday, we're going to drop uh, the Celebrity Hauntings episode. Elvis. Yeah, we're, we're doing Elvis this week. Um, the movie came out. It's been 25, almost 25 years since his death. So, is that so the right? movie came out, but this is not a horror movie review. I also meant 45 years since his death, not 25 years. Yeah, I was going to so. say that doesn't sound right. I just <laughs> nodded along. I'm like, yeah, I just died. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're gonna, we're going to be doing the, the ghost of Elvis Presley. Should be fun. And then for people that want to keep up with the horror movies that we are reviewing next on the list of horror movie reviews, which will be in a couple weeks. Um, Insidious? Insidious and It Follows. And if you are a Patreon member, you are going to get a special horror movie review as well. Just for Patreon members. Yes. So if you're interested in that, swing on over to Patreon, search Hometown Ghost Stories, or click the link that is in the description below. The and other thing reviewed Black Phone, the new movie. It's in theaters now. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention, I just want to let everyone know that we do have a Facebook group that you can join. And also I'm trying to be a little bit more active in our Discord. So there is a hometown ghost stories Discord. So join the Discord. And if we've never mailed you anything before, find me in the Discord, DM me, and I will shoot me an address and I will mail you a little something. Yes, uh, link is in the YouTube. As, as long as, as well, as long as supplies last, is what I will say. Yes, indeed. I want to thank uh, our guest today, Andrew Captain McSlugs. Not your first time on the show, but it's always an honor. If you guys uh, enjoy accordions and silly costumes, then go follow Captain McSlugs on TikTok if you haven't already. Millions of followers, very impressive stuff, very funny and entertaining. Andrew, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And that's that. So we'll be back on uh, Friday for a Celebrity Hauntings episode. And then we will also... Um, wow, that really threw me off when you flipped the cameras. Why did you do we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> we'll also be Put back me down. Friday, as always, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a brand new episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. As always, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.